Welcome to MPM Extra Time. My name is Ant. And I'm Matt. And we're focusing on game week six of the Premier League this week, plus a few other uh, worldwide footy issues. But firstly, mate, how are you doing? I'm not bad. Uh, it's a it's a Tuesday morning. Is it Tuesday? Nobody knows what day it is anymore. Uh, in this, I think so. In this madness. But um, yeah. Yes, it is, because I just watched the Monday Night Football last night. Yes, how are you doing, mate? Uh, I'm good. I've got half a cup of cold coffee here. Have you got a brew, mate? No, I don't. Um, I did I did just try and make one. This uh, MPM Extra Time rules is that I always have a brew next to me. But I just... Uh, uh, the, the milk doesn't go out till November 7th, I think it is. And I just went to pour it out. So I've just made... I've, I've put my... I've put my hot water in, I've put my tea bag in, I've put my sugar in. I've gone to pour the milk and it's come out like a block of brie oh, into wow. my into my cup. So um yeah. yeah, it's not it's not a cup of tea for me, mate. It's a sad morning. No. I don't know what's going on with the milk. No, it's uh hashtag first world problems here, mate. I don't know. We'll, we'll get yeah. through this together with the power of footy. We will. We'll do it. So if you heard us last week, guys, you know how we do it. We're gonna run through the uh Premier League games this weekend in the like, order of like how good they were, basically, rather than who was who was facing each other, because there were some stinkers this weekend, and then we'll clean up anything mm-hmm. else at the end. But um, we're going to kick off with Man United v Chelsea, which we said last week was probably the biggest game of this weekend. Ended up being absolute dross, mate. Yeah. So Matt and I basically set up for this. We were like, right. It's a bit of it for NPM research, but a bit of it just because we wanted to just be just be just naughty. So me and Matt was like, right, that we've got the El Clasico, then Man United, Chelsea, then Liverpool, Sheffield United. Let's get on the headset yep. and let's just chat through them all. And I mean, that sort of worked out. We didn't end up getting on for the El Clasico because I think I was busy. You were busy. I can't remember. Then we got on for the Man United Chelsea, but then I had to go to the supermarket halfway through. So I brought Matt with me to keep co-commentary in my ear. Um, <laughs> It could be my Gary Neville to the Martin Tyler. And then, obviously, we came back, and then the Liverpool-Sheffield United match wasn't on uh, a Sky like we thought it was. It was on the Sky box office, which is an absolute pain in the arse to try and watch. Dude, it's ridiculous. Um, I think they get rid of it now, I think. Yeah, the Sky box office, just I don't know how you do it. There's been calls today from Mike Ashley to make it £4.95 instead of £14.95, which is a bit steep mm-hmm. when you think about it. People say, oh, well, it's cheaper to sit and watch now TV at home then go to the pub when it when it's six ninety nine for the day and that's for the day yeah. not just for the game and there's no, there's it no is. fans at the game so you're not getting the full atmosphere you're, just, you're still getting what you got no. two weeks ago when it was in box office but when people say it's cheaper to go to the pub it's now not cheaper no it's not it, well no now it is cheaper to go to the pubs should I say sorry you can go and you could get I, I know pubs are a bit wavy at the minute but just as an example you could sit and get four pints and watch the game and still not be over 15 quid. It's ridiculous. So. Not in London anyway, but... No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, the Man United-Chelsea game was a bit of a it was a bit of a dud, wasn't it, mate? We had the... Cavani came on and sort of made it a bit more exciting, but Chelsea set up from the start. You kind of knew what game you were going to get. And I mean, Asselbank had ever really disagreed in it on, on their commentary, didn't they? But... Chelsea set up with five defenders and two central defensive midfielders, yeah. so you, you knew what kind of game you were going to get from Chelsea. And I said to you before yeah. as well, with Chelsea, you just it's Jekyll and Hyde, mate. Chelsea could have turned up one week and blown United away, or they could turn up, set up with five at the back like that, and and sit there and basically be, be content with an away draw, which is exactly yeah. what we got, mate. And it's really odd. 
and it is really um, a sign of Lampard's tenure at Chelsea because yeah, they fin- they had a great season last year in terms of where they finished, but they were still extremely inconsistent, and they've and it's been like that this this season as well, mate. I think a good point that Lampard brought up was that they played better at Old Trafford last year, and they mm. lost four nil. Exactly, and that was his first game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they lost four nil, and 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 played a very good game had a lot of chances didn't finish them United buried all theirs Chelsea got counted on a lot of times because their fullbacks push high up the pitch mm-hmm. and well it was Reese James and Alonso at the time who just don't, don't really have the defensive nous in a back four which is obviously even with Chilwell we've lined up with a back five this time for Chelsea but I don't know it's, it's an awkward one and I, and I see the argument from Patrice and Hasselbank about it is Lampard's now got two clean sheets in a row, which if he goes into the next game now and wins, say 2-0, people will look at these last two results as positive results. But if he goes into the next game now and he's playing 4-3-3 again with one sitting midfielder and the fullback's pushing on, and then you've got the sitting midfielder and the two centre-halves sort of sitting back and everybody else pushing up the pitch like Chelsea usually, and most modern attacking teams usually Mm do, and he loses, they'll say these two results were a waste of time and he should have gone for them. So. He's kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And I do feel for him in the sense that he didn't want to go to Old Trafford and just get obliterated, which yeah, he could have done if he'd have just this lined is Chelsea, up. Chelsea, mate. This is it's not it's not like it's not Fulham or Burnley going to Old Trafford and setting up stalled apart. But it's just Chelsea. They should be going to Old Trafford yeah. to win. They should be going there to, to to blow United away. Look how Tottenham did. But if he goes there and and again, like I said, and he loses four nil, what do people say about him from last year? He says he's learnt nothing. I mean, it's a Whereas good, this it's time a he has point. he has gone there and taken a point as opposed to lost three. So it's awkward. I, I do get what you're saying though. Chelsea are too big to do this. Liverpool wouldn't do this. But Liverpool haven't time, done this. Mourinho's team genu- genu- generally would. That's how they are perceived. But then obviously Spurs go to Old Trafford and blow them away. But Mourinho's made a career out of setting up his yeah. stall when he needs to. Even yeah. even in the big games, is sitting back and hitting on the counter. With Mourinho as well, Mourinho seems to have changed that this season. Mm-hmm. I think they, they put up a stat the other night comparing Mourinho sides usually usually play a lot less passes and have a lot less possession than what this Tottenham side are at the minute. Yeah. And the things with Mourinho, so he's bought these fullbacks in. He's bought Regulon on the left side and he's bought Doherty on the right side. And when Davison when Davis and Doherty play, they seem to sit and not bomb forward as much. They were in regular and plays. <clears throat> those two as well, if you look at them, they're, they're, well, they're 6'2", 6'3", both of them. They're, built like, they're like centre-halves that play yeah, yeah. wide, aren't they? They're centre-halves that play full-back. And I think that's it, this is all connected to what I'm about to say, but Regulon and Aurier are completely opposite of that. And Mourinho took those two to Old Trafford and tore United apart in wide areas because they were playing. And if you look at, I think it's the reason that Wolves, Wolves obviously play a back five. They were so easy to let Doherty leave because they were getting Nelson Semedo in, who is more like a Serge Aria. Mm -hmm. Somebody who gets forward, gets goals, gets assists, doesn't really give you a solid performance at the back. And couldn't really play. I don't think, yeah, I I, I don't think Semedo could play in a back five. Uh, in a back four, sorry, because he's just not that kind of player, is he? Not in the not Premier, in the Premier no. League, at least. In Spanish no, no. League, possibly. And um, I think that is uh, this all comes back to the fact that with Chelsea, they set up that way 
for that reason. And it did look more like a Mourinho setup. And it's it's the irony that, like you said, Tottenham went there, played a very non-Mourinho game, and won six one. So it's well, we've managed to we've managed to squeeze bizarre. out more conversation than I thought we would do from this. Let's face it, crap nil nil draw. The only talking point for me, mate, yeah, it was was the penalty. Maguire bear hugging and wrestling Aspilicueta in the box. It's a penalty all year yes. long, every day of the year, every season. It is a penalty, but the referees looked at that and the VAR yeah. and the linesman thought. No, that's that's fair challenge. That's fair challenge, dude. Come on, come yeah. on. No one can say that wasn't. We a said team. we both said I was there for that one, and we both said. Yeah, we were both. Away. Like I said, we're on the headset. It's happened. He's got one hand over his shoulder and the other one under his armpit. Yeah. It is unreal. But no penalty. Does it happen at the other end if it's a challenge on a yeah. United player at Old Trafford? <sighs> Who knows? Usually, I'd have said yeah, but without fans in the stadium, it seems like refs. Roths are just being able to make the decisions they want. At the yeah. Because there aren't any fans in the stadium to influence. The and whether we like it or not, that no, is, is the case. Yeah. Referees do influence well, that, decisions. Uh, referees have their influences from fans every yeah, well, game. That statement will come back later on when we talk about another game in terms of would that happen to another team. But um, So 0-0, Man United, Chelsea. I mean, that is, is a washout. It wasn't a very great, it wasn't a good Saturday night football um, game. But West Ham, Man City, mate. Now we're talking because that was the that was the early kickoff, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. What is going on with City? Not just this year, but last year as well. 20, like twenty points behind Liverpool last year is. I mean, that's unreal. I mean, uh, Pep's going to turn around and say we've got a lot of injuries, a lot of key players out, but squad depth. Every other year, all we ever hear about is Man City can field two teams worth of quality. Is that the case, or were we were we all deceived, or were or is it really that injuries have plighted Guardiola's team, or does he just not have a plan B? Does it? Well, does he rely? People too keep much talking about the fact that companies left, which is left obviously is, going yeah. to be a massive loss. The thing is, City, as as good as company was in that last year when he played, he was amazing. He came back in for those last like. Last like ten games Scored and dragged them over the line. Belted, literally, they, yeah. yeah, literally in that last game, dragged them over the line to win the league. And the problem is for me. So you look at Vincent. Just let's just use that game as an example. Look at Vincent Company's position on the pitch in mm-hmm. that game when he scored that winner. Yep. City. When was the last time they were in a position now where they're allowed to have their centre half twenty five yards from goal to hit a shot? No. You, the you difference is yeah. now isn't set piece maybe. It's not a situation of, right, their defenders aren't as good, as in their central defenders aren't as good, or Fernandinho is not as good anymore. The press from City used to mean that you never you never even used to beat them over the halfway line. Mm-hmm. You didn't used to be able to get past David Silva and De Bruyne. Never mind get past Fernandinho, then get past whoever's playing at centre-back for them, which was usually, it would, would have been Ottomendi and company, wouldn't it? Then get past Edison. You never used to be able to dream about breaking that press, ever. And I remember the first time it happened, because it was against us, we, we did it, um, putting four passes them at Anfield. And it was a shock. It was a massive mm-hmm. shock. Not just that we'd scored those goals, that we broke the press, because it was such a big conversation, is that you can't get past squad. It's the same with Barcelona. You always used to talk about Mascherano played at centre-back for them. Yaya Torre played at centre-back for them. Guys who aren't central defenders. PK played there, but PK wanders about wherever he wants because she never used to break the Barcelona press. And we're seeing the same thing with them now, as you see in with City, is that 
once you can get out of that back four and it's just a standard back four like every other team's and they haven't got this amazing world-class press, you can get past them. Yeah, you can just get past them. No, but yeah. And teams, teams know that now. City are not feared anymore. No, they haven't got the spine. They haven't got the players. And, uh, and that is one of the things. You mentioned those players you just mentioned, Fernandinho, Silva, De Bruyne. He's still there and he came back from injury against Man City, against West Ham, sorry, came back on. Company, Otamendi, Edison, you know what I mean? That's, that's a feared team. Now, not so much. They're, they're a team in transition. Oh. They're still trying to play like the Guardioli teams of old. They in Against West Ham, City had the lion's share of possession, unsurprisingly. You know, yeah, that you, you expect that now. But they're well, not no clinical. They're not, exactly, they're, they don't know what to do with it when they get forward. Aguero's not there, fine, okay. They haven't got Jesus there, but... You'd expect City to be able to come go go away to Man City, West Ham, sorry, and get a better result than this. But they're dropping points left, right, and centre. De Bruyne is back though. De Bruyne is back from injury. That's a big that's a big deal for them. Foden's goal was a great finish on the turn. So Foden's, uh, even though he doesn't know how to stick to social distancing rules, he certainly knows how to put a. He certainly knows how to turn. That was a wonderful finish. Antonio's goal was filth. Antonio's goal was excellent. Was there a handball in the build up? Mm-hmm. I don't think there was, but especially based on these new rules now, the interpretations which me and you have tried to get our heads around. Um, Suchek, did it hit his hand? <sighs> to me, it wasn't a cannonball. City, though, they, Antonio's got his back to goal. Antonio should not be finished from then. He's on the form of his life. He's an absolute unit, that man is. But he's got his back to goal. The, 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 the defender is stuck to him like glue. He shouldn't be doing that. There's no way should he be being able to get that score like that. Which then says what no, a good goal it was. To be goal. fair, but I don't know what's happening with City, mate. I'm I'm already sitting there thinking it's... I'm going to write. I would write Man City off now if it wasn't for the fact that this season has already been a bit strange. Here's a question for you. On top of what we said about because it's just company that's left when you think about it, and and I'm not talking just about that game because they have obviously got a couple injuries in there. But I mean, they were playing like this last season when they had everybody that they had yeah, before, yeah. just not company. They were doing the same thing, even when it was De Bruyne, Silva, and Fernandinho in midfield with with whoever at the back. Like the, the best teams still aren't pressing the same. How much of this is down to Arteta leaving? That's a good point. How much of City's recent success is down to Arteta? Because if you take how bad that Arsenal side was under Unai Emery, and now how good it is. And also take into context how for the most part good City I would were, that Arsenal, and now how... I'd, I'd argue that Arsenal have made improvements. But I'm not going to. I can't sit and hang my hat that they're, especially what I saw the other day, that they're a good team. But they've made improvements. They've they've shored it up. Whereas, like you say, City now are they're shaky, and the only player, the only people who have left, like you say, is company. But that wasn't recent. That was still a couple of years ago now. And well, Arteta. with with Arteta, I, I would go as far as to say they're a good side now. They just won a trophy for the first time in God knows how long, and he's he's the guy who's come in now and gone right. I don't have the team to play Arsenal's style of football, so he lines up a lot of times with five at the back, puts a Bamiang on the left side, sort of thing to 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 counterattack teams and whatnot. I know what you say; they're not a good. He's in like a great side. You don't see they don't how they are at the end of the them, season. If Arteta can improve he, on he has, last year, he needs to make some perfect. more signings. Oh yeah, yeah. Or if, the fact that they've kept Alba is great. But um, I'm, 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 mm. my jury's out on whether Arsenal are that good a team yet still. But like I said, if yeah. it, at the minute everyone in this league seems to be having a bit of fun and not always in the best way, you've got City United and Chelsea yeah. playing out a ball draw. Fine, City City are dropping points. They're what seven points behind already of the of the top and. Yeah. 
West Ham, West Ham were looking half decent. David Moyes has got them looking solid, but it's just what's happening at City. It's I'm not going to say I'm worried because you know I mean it's not like they can't afford to sort themselves out in January. But I'll, I'll be lied if I said I wasn't surprised that it's continued into this season, mate. Mm, it's strange that they didn't get. I know Ruben Diaz has come in now, but it's strange that I thought they'd have gone bigger with the centre back signing. I don't know. I don't know enough about him to know if he is going to be the next big thing but I don't know it's, it was strange when it was str- and I know in hindsight now it wouldn't seem like too much of a good signing but it was strange to me when Harry Maguire went to United and not City mm-hmm. yeah because at the time Harry Maguire was this colossal defender that everybody wanted to yeah, sign and City and, were on top of the top of the league and yeah and they missed out on him and um, I know they've got Laporte to come back as well who is a really good centre-back but We'll see because if people are still getting at them, it won't matter if Laporte's playing or not. If they haven't got the system and the pressing back, it doesn't matter who plays at the back for me. Oh, dude! Yeah, it, like I said when Laporte comes back, you know, who knows? City could be City could be ten, twelve, thirteen points adrift of the leaders. So by then, it may not really matter. Yeah. After what ten games, they've got Sheffield United away next, so chance for yeah. them to pick up some points. But mentioning the snooze fest, mate, Wolves v Newcastle. I punished myself and watched that. Um, it's another game where it Wolves are appalling in the first half. It's a stat that we all know they cannot score in the yeah. first half of games. They turn up in the second. And this was no different, mate. In the first half, Wolves were... And to be fair, Newcastle weren't any better. But it was just appalling. And we said last week, I mentioned that Steve Bruce, to me, from the outside, in terms of grinding out results, doesn't seem to be doing an awful job. This game, I mean, they they tried. I guess all I can say is they tried. But there's just no, there's no spark coming out of Newcastle. Wolves in the second half they picked it up a lot more. Him, Jimenez looked lively for the whole game. Um, Podenza again looked decent. Uh, Neves, Neto, they're buzzing around. Up front, Wolves look good, and across the pitch they look solid. Like and we mentioned that they're changing their style of play now. Now that they've established themselves and got a footing in the prim. And in the second half of this game, we saw that Jimenez's goal was a great strike. I think Jimenez is one of the top strikers in the league. Hey, look, Man City could Absolutely. do worse than have a sniff around Jimenez, but he's just scored that, mm-hmm. sorry, signed that four-year deal. But And Newcastle's goal, a great great free kick. Keeper shouldn't be, not be beating it as near post. There's, there's a question of whether it is a foul on Wilson in the build-up. I don't think it was. It was a I very soft I did see an interview kick. with Murphy after the game as well, where he said that he'd been watching Patricio and that he can't save anything low down. That's what I like it. So he did I like that it on, when you can get a player who does his research and can and can watch and can study yeah. the goalie because we think of players nowadays as they rock up with their Bose headphones on, not interested in anything. They want to play <laughs> then go home to the mansions. But and they, of course that ain't the case for everyone. It's great to see a player no. a young player doing his homework and realising that because what it's done is it saved Newcastle a point and what actually turns out to be a very good point because many teams are going to go to Molyneux, fans or not, and get turned over. And the team like Wolves and Newcastle, who are under the cosh, the fans seem to want Brucey out. For a team, for a team like that to go to Wolves, get a a battling draw, let's call it. It was an uninspired draw, but a battling draw. It's a good result, mate. It's almost a harder game for Wolves now, and this is what they're going to have to contend with, and it's what we had to contend with about three or four years ago. Is Newcastle at home? Uh, Newcastle coming to Wolves is a harder game for Wolves now yep. than than City going to Wolves or Liverpool going to Wolves. Yeah, and that's not something that they've had to figure out before in their club's recent history because nobody's going to come and sit 11 behind the ball against Wolves. They don't have to, but now they do. And 
he's now having to change that this wolves are having to change their style mm-hmm. as to be a more possession based team. Yep. Which is why I don't think you're seeing Adama Traore start games anymore. He's their second best player for me in, in terms of impact going it. forward. He's become it. Yeah. And he can't play in this system because they, what's he going to, it's fair enough that he's got all the Syrian pace and strength in the world and he can run past any, any defenders. But you can't do that when a team's on the edge of their box. Where's he no. going to run to? We've got he's, to keep hold of the ball. We've got to be able to trust him to make the right decision and not to power on. Because his, his instinct is, is attack, attack, attack. Yeah. Traore was what San Maximan is now. San Maximan mm-hmm. for Newcastle, same attributes. He's full of pace and trickery and he don't know what he's going to do on the ball. And sometimes he'll he'll produce something marvellous. They're, majority they're mercurial of the time, players, aren't they? You yeah. Don't know. And the majority of the time, San Maximan will... You know he'll just fall over his feet or deliver the wrong ball. Traore yeah. was that, and he's now become some. He's be, he's taken that step up yes. now, but you still wouldn't necessarily trust him in this system. No, and I, I do feel for him because if Wolves weren't as and he's part of the reason that Wolves now are as feared as they are, and teams are dropping back. But as a result of that, he now can't get in the team. Yeah, and it's You're getting the space. Gary Neville talks about this a lot with players, these kind of players where they play the first pass or they make the first run that they see. And when you're in a top side, you can't really do that. You've got, you, you see all these players in the top teams. They, they're looking over their shoulder. They've got a 360 degree view all the time. Mm-hmm. These top players in forward positions. And you see Salah get frustrated with it at Liverpool sometimes. And you, you see these kind of players where you can't just play the first, you can't just play the first runner and you can't just make the first run because you'll lose the ball. If you keep trying to do that, you, you need to assess the situation, know when to, it's about pressing in moments. City did it really well. You keep the ball, keep the yeah. ball, bang, and then you go. And it's timing your attacks. And Wolves are going to have to learn that now, aren't they? And they're going to have to learn that with or without Traore on the pitch. But it's whether Traore can sort of make that step and not just bomb down the right every time. He needs to be able to cut inside, keep possession, play play the ball around and have a touch more than he, w- than he usually would. But I don't know. I don't know if he is capable of that. I don't know if that's his game, to be honest. He's... I've never seen a guy more intense no, than him no. when he runs on the pitch. He just wants to smash everybody off the ball, run through, chip the ball across for him. And as he wants to shoot, he wants to, again, great player, probably do a lot better in a worse side for me. Yeah, when he has got when he has more freedom to, to charge forward mm-hmm. and not... Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, you you wouldn't mind him at, at your place, would you, Matt? Uh, he wouldn't if, get an If team, you were playing mate. against the top side... He wouldn't get an our team now. <laughs> no. If you, if you were playing a top side, you wouldn't mind him... Bursting away with things, would you on the on the break? I'll take, I'll give me Walcott, mate. I prefer Walcott. I like Troy away, but again, I think he's too. <laughs> yeah. uh, even though he is a lot better than he was, I don't know. He's still he's still so very direct and he's raw, isn't he? Yeah, and even with 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 Saints now, we are, we try to play a more possession based game and pass and move, pass and move, rather than bomb forwards as quite as much yeah. anymore. But um, well, Brighton Brighton drew one of West Brom again. Uh, another. First few games haven't been great, and to be fair, the overall weekend wasn't the most uh, scintillating. But Brighton, West Brom—I mean, I don't have an awful lot to say other than Lalana looked good. Brighton can't keep can't keep a clean sheet at home. It's just, they just—they're no. cursed at the Amex. Tarek Lamptey looks like a real prospect. I know that's not new news. Lamptey bombing forward looked quality, mm-hmm. but West Brom, mate, sure. West Brom had the better of the second half. But again, it's that cutting that right front. Carlin Grant scored his first goal. Uh, he absolutely leathered it into the roof of the net. But West Brom were a funny, funny team for me because they don't—they look better than the other teams who came up. But 
I still feel. I, like... I still think they're going down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still feel. For me. I think they go down. I think Fulham go down, obviously, and then after that, it's a bit dicey. But um, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing much to say about this game, is there? I, I didn't watch this one live, obviously, and mm-hmm. I, the highlights didn't even have much to to talk about. Did they? Like you said, apart from the two goals, but no. hilarious. I, I think goal, Brighton. Brighton will be fine. Fine. Brighton will be fine. Yeah, Brighton will be fine. Brighton will be fine. Brighton are playing some decent football now in the potter. They've got some decent, very good attacking players like Lallana. Trossard looks good. Mope looks a handful up front. So I think they'll be fine. But um, Leicester-Arsenal. Uh, Leicester with a smash and grab 1-0. Uh, that man again, Vardy, comes off the bench. 80th minute winner. Now I was saying about Arteta. In this game for me, Arsenal looked flat. They had their chances. Uh, they had a goal ruled out for offside. But they need Aubameyang to start firing. He hasn't scored in, what, I think five games and Leicester started about a striker. Let's not forget. They yeah. had Harvey Barnes kind of playing up top. So yeah. Leicester weren't there to pose an attacking threat at home against Arsenal. But Arsenal just couldn't break them down. They had chances. Lacazette missed a couple. Oh, but that Lacazette header. Where he just, just connected to it. Actually, Leicester be, did what Leicester did, mate. Great, he'll be having a nightmare passing. about that. Lacazette, that it's oh, just mate. an inch away from his head. Lacazette's inconsistent for me as well. Uh, when he's again, when he's on, when he's when he's on it, he's great, but he's too inconsistent to be in the to be in a top fourteen for me. I think. Uh, I think as with Lacazette for me is that the difference with him and Aubameyang is that Lacazette doesn't have to score or assist to have a decent game. He can, he can just hold the ball up, bring people into play. It's the old Giroud thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? I think that's why they were willing to let go of Giroud because they had Lacazette to do that, but. Lacazette does have those purple patches where he starts scoring, but not enough of them. But we've seen what... Arsenal don't look the same on the pitch and neither does Aubameyang without Lacazette on, so it's an awkward one. It's the Firmino thing for Liverpool. Liverpool look better with Firmino on the pitch, but sometimes I don't know mm-hmm. why. No. <laughs> because he just doesn't score. But, I, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I think Arsenal have made massive strides mm-hmm. this season. They're better um, than they were under Emery, that's for sure. Yeah, which... I When I say... I think I probably misspoke earlier about saying they're, they're a really good side mm. or that they've made these massive strides. I'm talking specifically about not the level Arsenal should be at, but the level they, they were. are. Mm-hmm. The level they are under these players that they've got now, because these players they've got now are not great, are they? They uh, Besides Aubameyang, who else are you naming on the pitch that is, that is great, really? They've got Meza Ozil, mate, and I wanted to shout this out. They, he's been omitted from the 25-man squad. He can't even get. He's not even going to get a game. He's training with the under twenty threes. He's done. He's gone. What? I mean, we don't know I, what's going on behind the scenes. But you've got a player like Özil who who can make things happen. Who is probably, I think, one of the Arsenal's best players, even though he, he isn't playing. What? 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 No manager is trusting Özil. I'm going to disagree with you, mate. I think Özil is awful. But he's one of those players, though, who is a luxury player, but he can make things happen when he doesn't play. When he when he's not on form where he can't be asked, he is an utter liability. But do you really? Well, people from the say squad? this to me when, when I say when I say he's awful. You you said the same, and a lot of my friends say the same. They say, "Well, he can make a pass." He can't. You watch him play; he does nothing but give the ball away. I I, I genuinely think at this point it's not a talent issue. Mesut mm-hmm. Özil's a great player. The, the, the awfulness that I'm speaking of, I don't think Ozil cares about That's what I'm saying. He's football. clearly got the talent and he can turn up and be one of the best players yeah. in the league. He could be a De Bruyne. He could have been if he'd but it has been, given a damn. It has been years, hasn't it? Since he's, he's and now he's not that. even in the squad. So, yeah. I mean... And I think that, that means it's got to be... A, he, he's 
he's got a problem to the point where form, manager, squad morale, nothing can fix what's wrong with Ozil. And I think Ozil's disinterested in football. I think Torres had, an, had a period where he said he'd lost interest in football mm-hmm. late, late time at Chelsea, Chelsea before he went yeah. back to Atletico. And had that spell at AC Milan, which seemed to rejuvenate him. But I think that's what's happened with Ozil. Ozil's lost interest in football. I was watching the other day, I was watching some of the highlights for passes that he'd made for Madrid and stuff. And I couldn't believe... The man is a genius yeah, if he wants to play. for Germany years ago as well, I mean... Oh. It, and it, it, can you remember how much of a stink, even while things were going as well as they were for him, can you remember how much of a stink Cristiano Ronaldo kicked up because they sold Ozil? He was fuming. He, no, exactly. he was his favourite player to play with because he would pick him out every time he made a run. Yeah. And if Joachim Löw in in the Germany national team, like one of the one of the premium premier international managers, certainly of the last two decades, if he wanted to trust him as much as he did, then I trust what he says. But something's happened. I mean, Özil's happy to pick up quarter of a million pound a week in wages and do sod all, which also Ooh. says a lot about his character. We um, yeah. we all laughed at Winston Bogard for doing that at Chelsea those years ago, but I mean Özil, I mean. It's he's a funny now, one. Have he's, you seen this? He's now paying the. They were going to like get over the mascot, weren't they? But he's paying the mascot to stay now. Gunnosaurus. Well, at least he's doing something for the club. He's come out and he said, "You know, what? I've I've stayed here because I want to play for Arsenal and I've wanted to. I've wanted to prove my worth." <laughs> but now he said, obviously, With dollar signs in his eyes. That's it. He, he said, said "Lord, he hasn't gone both ways, and he couldn't have tried that hard." But it's not. But he's not even pushing for a move. I mean, Arteta doesn't seem like an unreasonable man. I think there's times where there's times in managerial circumstances where I think Mourinho comes into squad sometimes and picks a player he doesn't like and they don't play. Yep. I think that does happen. Yep. I don't no, think Arteta's that kind of guy. Arte- Arteta will give you a chance if you're willing to put in the effort and I just think Ozil can't be arsed. And it's so. it must be so frustrating yep. for Arsenal fans. Yep. Well, I guarantee, I'm going to guarantee this time next year or next summer he'll be playing for Galatasaray. I guarantee like, oh, Galatasaray yeah, he's going somewhere like that. are going to snap him up because none of the big teams are going to want him. And no, what's even what's not, even no. odd, odder is everybody knows Arsenal tried to sign Jamie Vardy four, five, six years ago. Didn't get him, and he always scores against him. He's come off the bench. Tielemans has, has absolutely done a peach of a perler over the top. Lovely ball in. I didn't even know they'd signed Cengiz under. He's from Rome. He's from Roma. That That's guy. Right, yeah. He's a good player. I didn't even know they'd signed. Yeah, him. Not the ball in for Vardy. Good, great, well, decent header in. He's got the whole goal to aim for. And Leicester, Leicester have done a smash and grab at home against uh, away, sorry, against Arsenal, and it's a good, it's a great win for them. Leicester are Leicester are now to me a better team than Arsenal, and they have been for the last few seasons. We know that. And yeah, Leicester are a good side. And this result went the way that I would have expected the form book to go because I say Leicester is stronger across the pitch. Arsenal might have individually yeah. better players, like you look at people like Aubameyang and that, but across the pitch, Leicester are a stronger team. They're a better team for me. Players yeah, like definitely. If you asked Arteta if he'd swap the midfield and back four, he would swap them instantly. Yeah, yeah, and that's. A I think he'd maybe brilliant. keep his yes, keep. He'd keep Leno and he'd keep the forwards, but that might be it. <laughs> yeah, it's not a negative to Arsenal. That is a big up to Leicester and the work they've done there in Brendan yes, Rodgers exactly. and team and managers before. Speaking about Jimenez being one of the top strikers, it's got to be said that Vardy is now Vardy over the last few seasons. He doesn't get spoken about enough, does he? He's one no, of the top strikers. He's, he's changed his game. He's not just a, a a striker that just harries defenders and gets him or behind. Feeds him. Off he the is a, ball, yeah. yeah, he is a. T- he had to change his game when he came in. Rogers is a different style to all the other managers that Leicester had had at the mm-hmm. time, and he knew that he was 
I, I thought for a second there might be a bit where Vardy got put out of this team because he wouldn't be able to play Alvaro just play. And he adapted his game completely. He, he makes way less runs now. And what it will do for him under Rodgers is he'll prolong his career. From yeah, he will. And he's not playing well. international football anymore, so he can prolong his career. But yeah. wait, at that club, Vardy's a legend. He's a Premier League champion. He could have gone to uh, quote-unquote bigger clubs. He had that spell where he scored, what was it, 11 straight games? He scored 11 in a record. row. He's a record-breaker in the Premier League. He's got over 100 goals in the league uh, for, uh, for Leicester. Sorry, He's a Premier League champion for Leicester. He's stayed with them. Mate, he's he is you know when when it, in in a few years time we'll look back and think do you know what Vardy just because he's not a sexy name because he wasn't scoring like four thirty yard belters every week he he does what he needs to do he's a goal scorer and in this league it's that's the most important thing you can have is a goal scorer and Vardy's done it season in season out and talk about goal scorers mate let's move on to Burnley v Tottenham Burnley need goal scorers Tottenham have got some they've also got an assist machine. In Harry Kane. Did you see the stat yesterday about Harry Kane's son? Yeah, they, mate, they're now the 29 t- goals between them, I think. 29 Assists. goals between them. What's the only one above them? Is it... Drogba and... Um, Lampard. Uh, was it Lampard? Drog- Drogs and Lampard. I mean, that's not a bad pair in either. Is it and there was like so? Perez and Henri. And, but these will take... They're only seven behind, I think. These will take over. They'll do these, it in the these, next few games, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think these will take over. And... Here's here's the thing, and they they spoke about this on Monday Night Football, and it's mm-hmm. it's got me. I, I feel bad for saying this, right? If Son was in the Liverpool team, mm-hmm. would he score more goals than Salah? Uh, yes. I think he's a better finisher than Salah, mm-hmm. but I think he there's one thing he does like is I think Son might like that. Like Salah scores goals in Champions League finals. And I mean, I, to be fair, you can make the direct comparison that Son didn't. But I think Salah's, a, Salah's that guy, he's, he's, when, the, when the lights are on, Salah comes alive, doesn't he? he? He'll turn a big game on its head and score two and win it for Liverpool. I think Son, you can't really hold that against him because he's in a team which maybe doesn't always switch on when the lights are on. But so I, I think it's, Son is, it's awkward. I think, Son is, I think Son is that player, mate. I think Son can change it. Now, I think Son can change, change a game. Turn a game on its head. He's come in in the last three like three seasons. Son has risen to be, I think, probably Tottenham's most important player alongside yeah. Harry Kane. I mean, you take either of those out, the team doesn't function as well. Yes, they've got Bale in the team, and they've got players like Lamelo, and that to come off the bench. And what's happened to Lacelso? God knows. But so they've got players there. But you take Son and or Kane out of that team now, it's not the same. And I th- I think Son now is that kind of. Big game player, the impact player, mm. and I th- I, and this is. Do his you think he's going to move it. to a, a bigger club? If if Spurs don't do it this season, do you think he'll move? Because I can see people keep t- saying, I don't know if you've heard this, people call him Sonaldo. Yes, and it is it is absolutely uncanny how much he runs like Ronaldo and how much he hits the ball like Ronaldo. You you look from a distance at time and and sort of like squint a bit. He looks like he's running like Ronaldo. Yeah. He he's he's got that sort of running power. He fit everything he finishes is just with so much power as well. Even when he side foots the ball, it rips into the bottom yeah. corner, doesn't it? He doesn't. He never sort of feathers a shot. And I think Spurs need to do something good this year for him. He seems like a loyal player. He seems like a guy with his head screwed on. I watched the Spurs documentary, and he seemed like an amazing yeah. personality around the ground and stuff. Never a problem from him. Amazing professional, like most of them Spurs players, to be fair. Especially him and Kane. But I do think the big 
big clubs are going to come sniffing to him because he's the best. He's maybe the best player that doesn't play for the big, big four clubs in, Europe, in England. Europe, so, so, you, yeah, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, City, sort of top four at the minute in terms of who they yeah. sign. He's the biggest. He's, he's the biggest player in the league, well, and well. you could see him in a Madrid shirt next year, couldn't you? You really. Well, I've could. got a question for you, mate. One word, yes or no, mate. If uh, exactly the same as what you've just said, Harry Kane. If Spurs, you know, fall to this season and don't win anything or don't challenge the title, Kane will he be at Spurs next season, or can you can you see him potentially leaving? I think there's less chance him leaving than there is Son. Mm-hmm. Kane seems like Mister Spurs, doesn't he? I think. He might have left by now if he was going to leave. And the other thing is, who does he go to? He go abroad. So anybody he can go to Juventus, maybe I can see him playing going to Juve. <sighs> yeah, I just I don't see it with Kane. I think Kane's like a settled. If United were on the up at the minute, Harry Kane has always had this weird thing where I always think I could see him in the United shirt. Same here because they, they were sniffing after him and yeah and. He seems like their kind of striker, doesn't he? He's like the te- Teddy Sheringham type, the the Solskjaer. He's he's like that kind of player, isn't he? And I think uh, the United fans gravitate to him. Yeah, he's a goal scorer of all kinds of goals. But they're too much of a project for him to go to at the age of twenty-seven. Yeah, he's not going to go there now. I I worked with someone who is a big Spurs fan. He's in and around the club, and he uh, he lives on the same street as Harry Kane's parents. And I, I that is, and I know that is a fact as well. It's not one of those things where my cousins, grandparents, sisters, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And United were, and United had him about three years ago. They, he was there, basically. But he, because yeah. of what you've just said, the loyalty to Spurs, he changed his mind because of the tie, his family ties to the area. He just got married uh, and things like that. And he's like yeah. family life. Otherwise, three years ago, he was a United player. They had him. If if United were in a position now where the missing piece of the puzzle was Harry Kane, you can. You can bet, you can bet everything that they'd go in. It doesn't matter how much money. If it was 150 million, they would go in yeah. and they would sign Harry Kane because Daniel Levy would take that. People have spoke about him for a while, and uh, a bunch of people at Sky Sports say it as well. He's the best operator in the business. He always makes money. He never gets pissed around by people. He won't get pissed around on I'll Kane. So unless someone comes in, yeah, unless someone comes in with the, the right amount of money. But again, like we said, if they do, he will go. Kane will go. Nobody's going to come in because if Kane did go to United, they'd maybe finish two places higher yeah, than they would yeah. before. But it's, they, Kane they, can't they, they save need that a, team. At the no, no, they need a they Co- need a lot of work done near that club. They've got one of the best goal scorers in Europe just signed for them, and I don't even think he's going to be able to do too much at them. I mean, I, I might be eating my words by the end of the season, but yeah, well, United United are going to finish. In or around the top four, just uh, top six, top seven, maybe depends. Depends yeah. on how this season goes. But so Spurs, yeah, Spurs, they ground out a one 0 win. Burnley were in this game though. I'm going to give Burnley credit. Sean Dyche, everyone says mm. he's the, he's the magician. Burnley always start slow, but they need to start getting points now because it's all well and good them being in this game. Ashley Barnes, Barnes and Wood up front looked bright. Barnes had a goal chalked off, and he had a chance cleared off the line. Uh, Burnley did so they were in the game it wasn't like they were out of it and got blown away yeah. but they but yeah. it's we're getting to the point of the season now where you can't we, we, and there's an, another team later on I'm going to mention where playing well and being in games ain't going to keep you up and Burnley now needs something to happen they need a stroke of luck or they just need to get a win on the board they need something because you know already already the, the bottom three have got one point and I think West Brom have got three in the 17th but there's a gap coming already mate but Burnley were in this game 
the strange thing with Burnley is they've got no pace in their team. So what? Who is their they've fast player in the team? McNeil's fit is he's got a bit of pace to him, young lad. He doesn't see it behind people like the way that you'd, you'd imagine. Them. They're a weird side. They seem to just cross the ball from like the quarterback position of the pitch <laughs> all game. They just slug it into wooden barns. It's a, they're, they're a throwback team in the sense that they play two big strikers as well. Like yeah. you know, you don't see that. It's a four-four-two with two huge strikers. Yeah, it's helped them and, out in the last few years. But like we're saying, he either adapt or you know, it's going to be a tough season for Burnley. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think they'll stay up. I think it'll be very close, but I think they will stay up because I, I, I don't That's know. Though actually, look at the way Leeds have come up in the football they're playing mm-hmm. within their first six games in the Premier League versus Burnley, who've been in the Premier League all this time and they're playing a lot less good football. Yeah, they've, they've they've gone backwards as well. So, um, well, yeah, one team who I think is definitely going down again. I might eat my words at the minute. I'm not sure I will. It's Fulham. They uh, they faced off against Crystal Palace this weekend. Again, they lost. Crystal Palace looked very decent. Zaha mm-hmm. ran the show in a 2-1 win for Palace. So it wasn't by any means a rout, but Zaha ran the show. Fulham at arse. Lookman, he looks a proper player. I said that last week. He looked a menace. He hit both posts. Um, so he is their spark. But they're mm-hmm. leaking goals, That's mate. Right. Fulham are leaking goals. What Scott Parker needs to do to to that defence, I don't know. Mitrovic is off the pace, um, but can they had um, they had camera sent off for raking his studs down um, someone's Achilles. It looks yeah. it didn't look good, but so they they've now got him out for uh, three games because VAR over overturned it and it was a straight red card now. But Fulham look yeah. ass. That's not much more I can say about that. I, I can't. I don't know. I can't give Scott Parker any advice because I've no idea what they can do with that team. Palace though. Palace looked decent. Um, Riedervald's goal was well taken. Zaha again set him mm-hmm. up. Was the catalyst there. And Zaha's goal was well was uh, in the sixty third minute. Make it two 0 We said last week you take Zaha out of that team, they become Fulham almost to me. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they're a better team than the Fulham. I'll say that, but you know they they struggle. I bet. Like we said before, I think we said this last week, I bet if you took away his goals and assists, they would fall down a bunch of places in the league easily. But Fulham, the um, the Kenny goal was pretty nice. I think that's the only positive I can say from 20-yard belter with nothing mm. to play for. I was yeah. a big fan of that goal, mate. Yeah, yeah. He's a good player, Kenny. He's been there, obviously, when they've come up, then gone down, then come back yeah. up. Kenny's been there the whole time. and Yeah, he's, he's a decent little playmaker for him. I don't think he'll be able to save him, though, Fulham. Former doomed. I'm sorry, Fulham fans. Yeah, they, yeah, there's not much to. It, Palace will be fine. But it's not Fulham a case with Fulham. Like you can see it in a team where if a team's not sort of playing that well, that's not the alarm bell to start ringing. It's when a team just mm-hmm. looks like they look defeated already. Six games in, they just look like they don't have an answer when clubs, any club they play against, sort of comes up against them. No, if they just they across the pitch, they're they're just not good. They've got good individual individual players, but. They're not a team. Yeah. Fulham aren't a team. They 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 buy too many players, or they buy the wrong types of players. And Parker just cannot get them defensively sound. And in the Premier League, you don't get time. You haven't got time. You haven't got ten, fifteen games to shore up your defence. You have got to get it right. And yeah. they're not doing it, mate. So Fulham, I think Fulham will be down. If they're not, well, it will be a hell of an escape. Palace will be fine. But let's move on to the big, the the final three games. The kind of the more the three games that caught our eye for varying reasons, mate. Uh, Liverpool, Sheffield United, um, 2-1, it, it doesn't 
look like sort of the the best result for Liverpool, but I I love this result and this performance from us. Yep. I I have said for a while now, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, mate, but I don't think the measure of a good Liverpool team is how many goals they score at all. Liverpool, I remember Liverpool when we had Philippe Dagan, Andre Voronin, and all these kind of players Jesus. at the club. We could still beat clubs five six nil. Liverpool have always been able to turn it on. It's when it's when they can shut out yep. teams, sort of thing. And I know we had that penalty conceded against us, but Liverpool didn't make too many mistakes apart from that in this game. And Fabinho looked amazing at centre back again. I I genuinely think Fabinho is one of the best centre backs in the league, and he's not a centre back. Big shout. <laughs> he's the, the the games he's played there this season. The one against Chelsea. Look how good Werner's looked, and Fabinho shut him out okay. the entire game. And the question we asked last week was. How good was Fabinho just because Van Dijk was next to him at the end of the day? And and how much of it was just Van Dijk telling him where to go and stuff? I think we're starting to see sort of now that Fabinho might emerge as a good good player in that position. And he did play there a few times for Monaco. Um, I, I think if... The biggest question for me is not Fabinho. The biggest question is Gomez. I think now is Gomez's time to step up and be... He had that game, didn't he, against Neymar uh, for England. Mm-hmm. And Neymar said it was one of the best defenders he played against, which is and, and, high uh, praise, even though Neymar's an it idiot. Is. He, he shut him out for the entire game, and then everybody was talking about Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez came back into the Liverpool team that season after being out for a while for Joel Matip, and Joe Gomez made with a combination of him and Van Dijk. Liverpool kept twelve clean sheets in a row. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. And so you can't just say. It's all Van Dijk. No, you can't. Liverpool were conceding goals with Matip and Van Dijk in the team. And Gomez came back in and completely showed it up. He now needs to do that. He took a massive blow at, at Villa because I think he was at fault for a lot yeah, of those goals. They were all that. down Just his the side. The took a blow that game. The, the team were mm. bad, but uh, there was a lot more going down his yeah. side than there was Van Dijk. And he Robinson, was wasn't there? I think he gets less cover than Van Dijk in, as well. Well, when Van Dijk was playing in the sense that Robertson is defensively a better fullback than Trent Alexander-Arnold is. So it's always going to be harder on Gomez's side. But I think he needs to just I think he just needs to forget all that now. I think he needs to just get on with it and prove that he is as much of an asset to this team as anybody else. And I think him and Fabinho again let's talk about the penalty. It's just all just nonsense at the minute talking about penalties and handballs and VAR decisions. Unreal. I get I get bored of it. We were watching it live, weren't that, we? And we were both shouting at the telly. And I'm not even a Liverpool fan, but you can't that's give the thing. that. You don't even give that as a free kick, let alone a penalty. It was the softest I, thing I've seen all weekend. I, I can tell you till I'm blue in the face that I don't think it was a penalty. And I can tell you till I'm blue in the face that I'm not really a biased fan because I'm not. I, I like to think that I give my club as much grilling as anybody because I love them. That's how it works. But... I really do think we're hard done to with that. He gets the ball. He gets the ball. He doesn't go in. He doesn't go in with any malice. He doesn't go in studs up. How do they want people to tackle? Yeah, is the question. How do you tackle? Anymore. No, and and the, I've seen ten tackles this weekend, which didn't get anything given that were way worse than that. Mm-hmm. They were way worse, and and that's the thing that's annoying me is it's not the fact if that gets given and then everything like that gets given, players know not to go to ground anymore. Yeah. But they're not giving them all the time. They're giving them here and there, and I, I don't understand it. I think we need a, we don't need a consistency on the pitch from the refs anymore. Who cares about the refs anymore? Yeah. We need a consistent voice in the VAR booth, because if I say one thing's a penalty, and then Matt says it's not, why are we both working in the VAR booth? If that makes sense, what, what, why, why is the inconsistency just so 
it's different when you've got a ref on the pitch because refs are selected for games. Whereas these VAR things, I don't, I don't understand anymore what's going on. I don't understand. I used to be able to sit in a game and go, that's a foul or that's not a foul. You can't do that anymore. You don't know. You do not know. As, as a viewer, as a fan, you do not know what decisions are what anymore because I think the, the culture is different. A ref on a pitch can feel a game and he can feel the emotion of a game and he can feel what he thinks right, what is right on the pitch. And I'm not saying get rid of VAR. I just think it needs a massive overhaul in terms of what's going on because every week I'm bored of speaking about it now. I don't know about no, you. It, no, it's, it's, it's one of them things is that you we can sit here and moan about it, but as soon as they get a decision right, everyone's saying, thank God for VAR. And it's true. Without VAR... There'd be a lot of incon- there'd be even more inconsistencies and even more problems. And I'm not one of those yeah, yeah, um, idiots who sits there and says, "Well, football's all about going down the pub and arguing about these kind of things." Like if a goal was, if if, if somebody scores a goal that's offside, well, that's part of the game. No, it's not because the game is if it's offside, it's offside. No. If we VAR, you want the right VAR, decision. Exactly, VAR is there to make the right decision, but it's how it's being used and how how they used it. Like if if it, the referee said it was a foul when it was on the line then it's a penalty because it's inside the attacking box. But it wasn't a foul in the first place. But it's, yeah, honestly, mate, I, I like talking about VAR when it's right, but something like this, we shouldn't even be talking about it. It's not even a, it's not even we're, a we're now in kick. A, we're now in a position where you've had last week, somebody's ACL was snapped and didn't even gain a free kick. And that is not because of the ref, it's because of VAR. And now because of VAR, You've had a penalty given for a tackle that wasn't even a foul. And it's not just me and Matt. Every pundit said, no, it's not a foul. He's got the ball. He's not even got the man. It's not a foul. So because now of VAR, and again, no, not I should rephrase this. Because of people's use of VAR, because they don't understand how to use it properly yet. Again, you get, you get one of the, you get our most important player, arguably, out for this season and we don't gain a free kick from it, but then we concede a goal because of a, a tackle that's not even a foul, and it's just, yeah, it's bonkers. Well, Sheffield, it was Sander Berger scored from the spot. It wasn't a great penalty, to be fair, but Liverpool fought back, and that's what you need. What you said, whatever's happened with Van Dijk, whatever's happened in the back, Liverpool are going to stay up top. They've got to still manage to fight back. They've got to claw back a result, and they did. The two goals they scored were decent. For Sheffield United, That's they are who I compare with Burnley. You know, Spirit's not going to keep you up. Sheffield United, Chris Wilder can have them playing well, and he can give and he can make them play spirited mm. football. I ain't going to keep you up. But Sheffield United played played well. But Liverpool had the answers when they needed it. But it was never ever a penalty. Good, uh, good for Firmino to get a goal at Anfield Finally. this early in the season instead of waiting until the last game of the season as well. Um, and Jota scoring again, proving to be a, a very shrewd signing for me. Not going to but, score um, an easy goal for me. Yeah. What about? No, no, absolutely not. He didn't even look at the net. I don't think when he put it in, but. What about the next game, mate? You were a big fan of this performance, weren't you? Oh, mate, performance of the weekend, pretty much, almost. Um, Saints 2, Everton 0. Everton unbeaten, top of the league. Ancelotti bowls into town. Everyone's saying Everton are the best in the league. Not when they come to St Mary's and not. Saints were, <laughs> they were rampant at times. It, I was texting Ant during it saying, this this could be a lot. We could maul this team. We were all over them. Uh, good goal from Ward Prowse. It's good to see him adding Great goals finish, to his yeah. game now. Yeah, batted it at Pickford. Probably should be doing better than letting the ball go across him. And Trey Adams getting another goal, his sixth goal in twelve games, I think. So it's not bad to say he didn't score one in like his first how many games? Ninety. Like, 
pretty much Nine. his first season, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, but if he's scoring one every two games alongside Ings, who if he's not scoring, he's setting goals up. We'll, we'll be yeah. We'll be just fine. Because Che Adams' game looks good everywhere else. It was just goals he couldn't score, which yeah. is a big, obviously part of being a striker. He came up because he scored a bucket load in the championship for for Birmingham in the first half of that season. So we took a punt on him. But uh, as the commentators kept saying, it was the anniversary of the 9-0 defeat to Leicester. Every single game we play, somebody mentions that and it's getting a bit uh, <laughs> now. But we went, and, we went and took everything to pieces. Luca Dean yeah. was sent off. For me, quite rightly, I saw Stephen Warnock on Sky Sports yep. News saying... Oh, there was a conspiracy against Everton. And I just thought, take those glasses off, you absolute mug. Firstly, there was there is no conspiracy. You know, he said, oh, well... The well, where was the conspiracy last Pickford, week if it exists? Pickford wasn't <laughs> sent off last week, so the refs have gone into this game trying to level up. No, Dean Dean took a took a little nibble at Walker-Peters in, in, in his own, uh, what, 20 yards before. And then yeah. he's put both hands up and he's raked his studs down the back of his Achilles. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if, if, if it looks worse in slow motion. Two offences in the space of ten seconds. He was going to get booked for the first one. He probably yeah. would have got booked for for raking his studs down his ankle, his Achilles. Yeah, put them together. It's a red card. It's not one where you're like, oh, he's going to end his career if he makes challenges like that. But it's just something you can't really complain about. If you rake his studs down the back of someone's heel, you're probably going to get sent and off. Camera it's got just sent out of the off Fulham for doing the same thing. But Saints yeah. were Saints were to a man better all across the pitch. We should have we should have scored more. Armstrong had a goal rightly rightly called off for offside. Um, I think Vestergaard's still trying to take Calvert-Lewin out of his back pocket. Calvert-Lewin, James Rodriguez... What's happened with... Vestergaard's got rid of the, the, the barnet. I don't know why I liked it. I don't know. It seems to work, though. It's like I just didn't even notice and then his hair's gone. No, it's opposite, mate. His, his, his power's come back now. He's got rid of his hair. But he was he was very... <laughs> everyone across the pitch was very good, mate. Um, but yeah, to, to keep Calvert-Lewin and, Roger, and James quiet, brilliant performance. Uh, Sigurdsson hit the crossbar from about 30 yards earlier on but other than that mate and um Ancelotti's team looked flat they looked beaten across the pitch and it wasn't a case of Everton were bad and Saints got lucky we steamrolled them and for me it was the best performance I've seen from us in a long time and if what would have happened last weekend would have gone differently Everton have lost their last two and people wouldn't be talking about them being a top side in the league or anything at the minute no, so absolutely. I think they, I think we're going to see Everton they're not going to fly back down the table, but they're going to return to sort of where they're going to finish, which is about 6th, 7th, and they're going to sort of stay around there. Um, what about the next game, mate? Uh, yeah, final. We went with uh, Villa v Leeds, which is the first game of the weekend, Friday night. Uh, Leeds 3, Villa 0. And we said last week at the end that we thought this was going to be a bit of a a bit of a corker. We thought it was going to be a decent game. Villa, obviously, yeah. t- what they did to Liverpool. Leeds, what, mm-hmm. Leeds of their, uh, the Bielsa ball and the way they're playing... We thought this could be an open game. If, I think the the way to phrase it is, I think yours is the win of the weekend. Yep. And this is the performance of the weekend for me. Leeds so, looked, yeah. oh my Leeds God, Leeds looked, looked electric. That, and Villa looked so off the pace. Oh yeah. Grealish tried his best and to be fair, probably could have passed the ball a little bit more to his teammates. But Leeds... That Leeds run that you went on, if he scores that, that's the goal of the season. It is, but he's an idiot. Watkins is free. Beside the ball to Watkins, yeah. he's got enough yeah. time to make a cup of tea and fire that into the top corner. But that's the only <laughs> problem with Grealish. We we both said Grealish is is should be up playing for England each game, but he needs he needs to, it, it, when he comes to Villa, he's the big fish, but he needs to look up and pass to play the ball more. And he does he does that a lot. I don't know what he did he did he did 
have a couple of chances in this game where he didn't pass it though, didn't he? Like you said. Yeah, so and he got put out for one of Leeds' goals as well, where he's going back towards his own goal. He's had his pocket picked and Leeds and Leeds have gone yeah. and finished it. But the question I want to ask you, mate, is where has this Patrick Bamford come from? This is not Patrick Bamford. It can't be. It's 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 the man is playing like Didier Drogba. <laughs> he's he's holding the ball up. He can finish from anywhere. Both feet. His head. He's staying on his feet it, a little bit more. When when he when they signed Rodrigo, I was like, oh, that's the end for Bamford because he can't finish. My God, was I wrong? Yeah. And and I've got a friend who's a Leeds fan. Shout out to Lee Birchall. Shout out. And he, I asked Lee, I said, well, you're not going to do anything this season if you don't sign a striker because I watched Leeds about three or four times last season and Bamford can't hit a barn door. Nope. And, and, and he said the six same. Six or seven chances. Lee said the same. Lee said. He's a bit of a like, cult hero at the club, but people know that we need a better striker because we're not going to get as many chances in the Premier League as we're doing the Championship. And Leeds infamously make more chances than anyone and don't score enough goals. This season, my God. Mm-hmm. I, those goals, the way he took those goals as well. I know the first one got a deflection, but it's still a, it's still a nice turn and finish. The sec- uh, No, the second one was the deflection, wasn't it? The first one is just a striker's goal following up. Oh, the first po- the poacher's second- goal, the first one was. After yeah, the counter-attack, the, the, counter-attack, yeah. The second one obviously took the big deflection, but still, like, again, nice turn. The third goal is out of this world. Oh, he's the third out, goal, if, if Messi scores that, it's it's all over the internet. It is, he's got no space. He turns, he maneuvers the ball left to right, just a little bit to... Then there's enough space between the two defenders there that you can see, and the keeper can't see the ball coming and bang, it's in the top left. What a, a deftest finish. finish! And the, and the way he's, he's stroked that ball, doesn't he? he it was Bale esque, wasn't it? Bale Messi esque, like the way he did it, like just no space, three people around him, and bang. It's oh, it. mate, honestly, it, like you said, and that's what this is what I hate about modern football is you need it, you need Barcelona or Madrid to score that goal. For it to yeah. be lauded. I mean, Can I mean, you remember when Ronaldinho did it at Chelsea where he stood on the edge of the box, he's got three players around him, he moves a little bit, yeah, but just, the ball doesn't, just he's just moving, yeah. body fainting, bang, it's in. That was what it was like. I was like, oh my God, how did he put that in? Yeah, he flicks it for, I mean, and that's what annoys me. Saints scored a goal against Fulham a couple of years ago, Lambo, Rodriguez, and that links up and they even said at the time, you know, if, if Messi and Ronaldo, if Messi scores out of Barcelona, yeah. people talk about it, and I, not when it's the unfashionable to be teams, but we're going to yeah, do it, mate. Yeah, that it was a quality goal. The second one, again, like a Ronaldo-esque hit. The way he hit that into the top corner, took a deflection, but it's a great hat-trick. Rafinha, beautiful little pass for that goal. That's a pass, that's a pass of the weekend for me. Easy. I know we don't do a pass of the weekend section, but that did. was, it's a, I love that kind of pass where it's hit like a shot almost, isn't it? It's just yeah. a, it's just a cut through the defence. Not not no flight on it. You don't have to contest for a header. It's just bang and you're in. I love like that a, kind of pass. Like a laser straight. Very through, few so. players in the world can play that pass as well. Yeah, well, Bamford is now one of the top scorers in the Premier League. Leeds look Leeds look quality going mm-hmm. forward and go and at the back they look decent all across. They the look pitch. good at the back, don't they? And they've still got players to come back at the back as well. Um, yep, and I'm interested to see like of every team, but a team like Leeds, what do they do in January? Do they stick or do they twist? But minute, I think mate. they need to go in. I think they need to. They're onto something here, and I think they need to go in. I think they. I think they're going to be a Premier League side for a long time. You do, but like you don't. Want, you do not want to disrupt the harmony that they've got at the minute by bringing in two or three no. signings, pull a Fulham, you know, change things across the board. I mean, one or two maybe, but well, Leeds currently sit six in the table, mate. They're three points off the top of the league, but then again, so are Saints, Palace, and Wolves. Everton, Liverpool, top with thirteen. Villa, Leicester, round off the top uh, four with twelve points, but it's at the bottom, mate. Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, 
They have got they're, they're winless, with, mm-hmm. and they've only got a point each. West Brom are winless, but they've got three draws behind them. And yeah. then and then you go in like Brighton is sixteenth. They're already four points or what? Uh, four points clear of the drop zone. And the Sheffield United. I don't know what's happened to them. Maybe last season mm-hmm. was just an absolute fluke. But they are. I mean, they've lost four out of the last five. The the bottom three have got identical records. They've lost. They lost the last game. Drew the game before, but then they've lost the three before that. They look in trouble. Yeah. New Man City, Man United fifteenth, West Ham, Man City thirteenth. Sorry, Arsenal eleventh, Chelsea tenth. Just a funny table, mate. I'm going to ask you now, and I know it's horrible to ask you, who's winning the league this season? If you've got to guess on these first games, uh, I mean, I, I think I, I, I can't, I can't look past Liverpool. I don't think, I think, I just think, I think Liverpool consistent. West uh, Everton have had a great start. They've been brought down to earth. Let's see how they respond now um, in this coming weekend and the next few games. Man City need to make a charge now. United aren't going to win the league. Arsenal aren't good enough. Leicester aren't going to sustain it. Spurs need to. Need to shore up. Yes, they score a lot of goals, but they need to shore up at the back. Liverpool, mate, I think are going to win. The, the biggest threat to us, people spoke about before the season, was Chelsea. And I think that, again, I know it's, I think it was the right move for Lampard, but it's not a championship team winning move to to basically put seven players yeah. at the back. I can't see them winning the league at the minute. I think I think Liverpool, are, it's no. theirs to lose, but I don't think they, they're not going to run away with it, mate. So No, we're not going to run away with it this season, which will make for a more interesting league season. And I think... Klopp will go in for a centre-half in January because I don't think he'd have let Lovren go in hindsight of, obviously, um, Van Dijk being injured. He couldn't have predicted yeah. that, but I think we will go in for another centre-back in January. I don't know if it'll be one to sort of put Gomez or Fabinho or Matip or whichever one's playing out of the team, but I think we will strengthen that centre-back. And I think what Klopp said in that interview with the, with the journalist that said about Van Dijk being out is, at the end of the day, there's still 10 other players and whoever was on the bench that won the league last year, people forgetting. Yeah, Van Dijk was one of the ingredients, like you said earlier on. Playing alongside Fabinho, did he make Fabinho better or was Fabinho already that good? Maybe all they needed was a Van Dijk to come in to make that magical um, back line, which is the same as what we're saying about other teams. Is Sometimes you don't need an overhaul. Sometimes you just yeah. need that missing link, that missing ingredient to make and everything tick. Another thing people seem to be forgetting is we've maybe signed the best passer in the world, which doesn't hurt your side, does it? Yeah, he's... he's Maybe one of the, if not the best passer of a ball in the world. Him playing in front of Fabinho and Gomez, I think that, that sounds good That's to me. Are you going Liverpool title as well? Yes. Yeah, I just think we'll have enough to get over the line. I don't think it'll be colossal Liverpool victories left, right and centre and clean sheets and all that like it was last season. Right. But I think this group of players is a lot more special than just one big Dutch centre-half away from being not special. You heard it here first. We're both tipping Liverpool to win as much as it pains me to say it. But Saints, three points off the top. Stranger things have happened. We ain't going to win the league. <laughs> uh, so next week then, mate, right. we've got um, Wolves v Crystal Palace is our Friday night kickoff. Uh, moving into mm-hmm. Saturday, as I mentioned earlier on, Sheffield United at home to Man City, lunchtime kickoff. Burnley, Chelsea, Liverpool... West Ham is the Saturday night uh, game, Hoppers 5. Moving into Sunday, Villa at home to Southampton. Newcastle at home to Everton. Man United v Arsenal, the old rivalry. Hoppers 4 Sunday. And then we've got Spurs versus Brighton on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, Fulham v West Brom. That's already an, a 12-pointer. And yeah. finally, this this should also be a stormer. Leeds v Leicester, mate. Yeah, that Leeds v Leicester is going to be a good game. I think Man United Arsenal is maybe the one to look out for. We've obviously got the Champions League tonight and tomorrow. Uh, tonight and tomorrow, yeah. Yep. 
Liverpool playing Michelin, I think you pronounce it. I just, yeah, I've never been good with that. Turned us over yeah. a couple of years ago in the Europa League. So, just a quick mention as well. Me and you did watch the El Clasico. Not going to go too much into that, but Madrid look head and shoulders with Barcelona in every area of the pitch. It's Madrid's and, title at the minute, I think. And then there are no Barcelona falling behind, but Madrid looked good. Madrid looked decent. They looked like they just looked like they had they had the know how in this game. Whereas Barcelona looked a little yeah. bit lost, mate. And Messi's off the boil. Fatty looks great though. Yeah, he does. He's a Young prospect, let's see if he's going to be the next sort of big... Is he going to be Suarez, Messi level, or is he going to be Bojan and be at Stoke yeah. in two years? <laughs> Can he do it on a, a cold Tuesday night in Stoke? We'll find that. <laughs> um, also, El Trafico, LAFC, beat LA Galaxy 2-0. So we've had the Classico and the Trafico. But, um, <laughs> Trafico. On, mate. What, what is it then? I know, I know what you're going to say next, mate, to round us off. Goal of the weekend, what is it? For me, mine isn't the most obvious one. But mine's Tom Kenny, Fulham. There's nothing to play Kenny's for. Kenny's goal is good. And he's just yeah. leathered, a, leathered at 20, 25 yards, top corner. Made it look easy. Can you, can you guess which one mine is? I want to say Mikel Antonio, but I'm not confident. Bamford's third goal. Oh, that's a great shout, mate. That's a top shout, actually. M- Mikel Antonio's goal is very good, but I've seen centre-backs do that. You know, when they just go... The, the ball's there. It's too, it's too high up to bring down the chest. It's too... It's, you can't do anything but bice it, and you do it, and it's it just fly off your foot, and it can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Not taking anything away from it, but again, I saw Philippe Mexes do it. I saw Sebastian Quates do one once for Liverpool yep. away away at Crystal Palace. Like Quates is not doing that. What Bamford did for that third goal—that is just spatial awareness. It's Henri talks about uh, Bamford's not one of the best strikers in the world, but Henri always talks about the best strikers in the world slow the game down in the box to their pace, yep. which is what Aguero does all the time. And it's what Bamford did here. He more or less made it look like he had 10 minutes to go. Shall I put it there? Shall I put it there? I'll, no put it, well. I'll just put it in the top left corner. Yeah, no but he makes he it look it like he's got... Yeah, he makes it look like it's going in slow motion. But yeah, that's mine anyway, mate. Um, I think that's about us done, isn't it, mate? It is, mate. So Bamford and Kearney join uh, Lanzini's goal last week. At the end of the season, we are going to have our individual NPM goal of the season and so far we're looking pretty good but yes mate that is it uh, we've got some I'm looking so looking forward to the summer next week's games like we say United Arsenal Leeds Leicester a couple of other ones in there as well mate if guys thank you so much for listening if you want to hear our main show we talk pop culture nostalgia films games each week They those episodes drop on a Monday we've just dropped our Halloween special but again we keep them separate so check those out search Moving Picture Madness on your podcast provider of choice and you'll find us if you know if you know people out there love footy and they want to hear a couple of geezers talking footy once every, once a week, every Tuesday you're going to hear us. So do let them know. Share the show between your football fans and um, let us know if you agree or disagree with anything that we've said about any of the games or your team. But uh, mate, I think that's about it. Where can the world find the shows online on socials? It's so we're at MP Madness Pod, Twitter, Instagram, wherever wherever you guys, whatever thing you guys use, that's where we're at and. Um, I'm at Garbage Vortex TV. Matt, where are you at? That's the for what I watch tonight. You'll find me on there. But until next time, guys, enjoy the games this coming week. See ya. And from Ant. Peace. <laughs>